This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant journalist, Paige Twenter. Paige is a leader in clinical affairs and also pharma work at Becker's Healthcare. We talk to Paige regularly about trends that she's watching in healthcare or key stories she's watching. Paige, let me tee it up and ask you to, to take it away. What are a couple of the key stories that you're watching heading into 2024? Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Scott. A lot has happened in the first eight days of 2024, especially in the pharmaceutical world. One of the kind of leading news is Florida just became the first state in the U.S. to gain the FDA's approval to import drugs from Canada. The idea is built on introducing cheaper medications into the U.S. economy, which, you know, it infamously spends more than twice as much as other countries on prescription drugs. Uh, a few other states are forging ahead and have submitted proposals um, to the FDA, uh, including, you know, Colorado, Texas, North Dakota, um, Wisconsin and a few others. The issue, well, there's a few issues that um, have been raised by critics on this plan. So it faces multiple opponents, including drug makers, hospital community pharmacists, and Canada itself. Um, Canadian pharmaceutical industry, it, the output isn't set up for this sort of demand, and Florida will first need to get the drugs relabeled by the FDA and, you know, process a handful of other regulatory obligations, and it has about two years, um, uh, starting on the first day that it imports its first, you know, batch of drugs. Opponents say that this isn't a, quote, real solution. Uh, The American Society of Health System Pharmacists um, and the American Pharmacists Association have both, you know, uh, rallied against this idea, saying, you know, it's it's not really solving high-cost drugs. It's not a long-term solution. Uh, it could inadvertently harm patients by potentially bringing in counterfeit or unsafe solutions into the market. Um, but it's kind of just a, a waiting period to see, you know, if the U.S., if the FDA approves, you know, these other states' um, plans, if Florida can achieve this idea. But how crazy is it, Paige, just to, just to cut to the chase, how crazy is it that the same drugs sold here are sold at such cheaper prices in different countries that that we want to import them from other countries versus buying them directly. I mean, how how sort of crazy is that that we have this crazy world of cross subsidization where we're paying excess prices here for what is being sold cheaper in other countries that we want to import it from the other countries even though it's the same drugs. I mean, how, how the whole thing seems so convoluted, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's also just um, kind of funny, but not funny that there's, you know, this at the same time, there's this push toward domestic manufacturing and, um, you know, bringing more jobs to the U.S. And um, especially with medical supply kind of onshoring or nearshoring the U.S.'s own supply, especially after, you know, PPE shortages in early 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's interesting that we're now looking, um, even if it is, you know, a, a close country to to import drugs. I mean, in the 
for example, in the U.S., uh, one pharmaceutical product inhalers, they cost, you know, between $200 and $600 here, but the same product made by the same company, branded the same to France or Germany, costs, you know, between $7 and $10. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, definitely. Totally, totally. You know, tell us sort of, Paige, what are the issues you're watching the show? I mean, that's fascinating to me that people, states, areas want to import from other countries, the same direction you can get here because they're being sold cheaper in other countries. The whole thing is just, is just mystifying to me. Um, tell me more. What other stories are you watching so far into this year? Yeah, a few other things also in the pharmacy world. It's just been crazy this past week. Um, the FDA is reviewing side effects uh, data on Ozempic and other uh, glucagon like peptide one receptor agonists. Um, so, you know, those are your Wagovis, Monjaros, um, step bounds. So, the main focus is on reports of hair loss, aspiration, and suicidal thoughts. That last one, suicide, suicidal ideation and self harm, it's already under investigation by Europe's drug regulator. Um, that investigation formally began last summer in July, and the FDA just a few days ago said it hasn't confirmed a causality. It's only a potential safety issue, but um, it just Ozempic, uh, again, uh, is grabbing headlines and not going away, especially as the FDA also investigates compounded versions of Ozempic. Fascinating. In terms of the compounded versus Ozempic, that's a little scary until we sort of see how that plays out, isn't it? I mean, there's enough concern about the weight loss diabetes drugs before we start seeing the different compound pharmacies work with them, too. Isn't that, I mean, that's a little interesting, isn't it? Yeah, especially um, in, in the last two years, so between 2021 and 2023, calls to U.S. poison control centers um, have nearly quadrupled based on or on, in the reports of overdoses on Ozempic and Wagovi. Um, so in 2021, that number was about 607 calls from accidental or um, just overdoses in general from Ozempic and Wagovi. And then this past year saw about 3,000 calls for the same issue. And it's, it's because, or experts say it's because of those compounded versions um, that are behind the surgeon calls, but there's no way to know. But just because of the you know booming popularity into these drugs, um, right? Really mix of booming popularity concern. and possibly the compounding of it. That's fascinating too, because yeah. these weight loss drugs are so important potentially the future health of America and people cutting weight. It reminds me of high school wrestling almost, but but so so important. And at the same time, lots of concerns, lots of issues to be added to deal with, including how to get paid for these drugs too, or who will pay for yeah. them. Yeah. But what a fascinating also, situation. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but also. Um, in that same vein, so um, Eli Lilly, so it's it's kind of the closest competitor to um, Novo Nordisk. So Eli Lilly's Manjaro and Depound, which is a, a BCD drug, it discouraged the cosmetic use of these two drugs, um, which is just really interesting because Novo Nordisk hasn't done um, the same, and you know it's probably because of the um, supply and demand issue, you know, Eli Lilly said, um, you know, it stands against the use of these medicines for cosmetic weight loss. Uh, Zepbound was uh, approved in November to treat adults with obesity who have at least one weight-related medical problem. And Monjaro is approved for type 2 diabetes. 
you know, both are supposed to be used alongside diet and exercise, but, um, you know, kind of the reckless uh, prescription writing that's happening right now for these drugs is just off the wall. But, for- but when they say when they say they discourage it, <laughs> they don't really. They say that for liability purposes, other purposes. But in reality, they want everybody using these drugs because they're causing the values of these companies just to skyrocket. So you have to sort of say that they don't want everybody using it, but they really do. Is my impression that might be I might be a cynic. Well, it could also be, you know, they're getting angry calls from people with diabetes or with right. you know, obesity and weight-related medical problems um, because of this. But, yeah, they, they can't control what labels their um, drugs are being used under by doctors. Right. When the drugs are being used off-label, it just it increases demand that much dramatically because yeah. beyond people that actually have diabetes or prediabetes – there's a huge amount of Americans and people throughout the world, not just Americans, that would like to lose some weight. Um, you know, and if they find this is an easy way to do it, then they're all in, of course, because everybody wants not everybody, but you know, the old adage is you can't be too rich yeah. or too thin and and you know, true or not, there, there's certainly that perception and certainly many of us are concerned about our weight, some of us healthily concerned, some of us not. It is what it is, the whole whole continuum that's out there on that issue as well. Paige, fascinating. Always great to visit with you. Can't wait to keep the conversation going again. Paige Twenter, brilliant journalist at Becker's Healthcare. Always great to visit with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.